Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. It's the Do for Hot Takes Podcast, starring Sean Daly. I like boobies in my face. There you go. I can work with that. <laughs> Pat Smith. <laughs> with Taylor Smith and Devin May. You trying to make sure I got my daily nutritional value? Did not eat his veggies. Here we go. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Duval Hot Takes podcast, your favorite podcast for the Jacksonville Jaguars, brought to you by Big Cat Country and SB Nation. My name is Taylor Smith. I'm your moderator for the show. I am joined by your hosts, Sean Daly. Good day, sir. Pat Smith. A guten Tag. And Facts and Stats man, Devin Mabe. What's up? Today is Wednesday, November 3rd. Uh, first order of business, I think it's only appropriate that I begin with a sincere, heartfelt apology to our listeners. <laughs> In the last episode of Duval Hot Takes, I expressed an uncharacteristic amount of excitement regarding the Jaguars' victory over the Dolphins. I said some regrettable things, like our new streak begins now. Uh, in light of recent events, I believe I was a bit premature in my celebration. So just from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry, because here we are, Jaguars lose 7-31 to against a diminished, short-week Geno Smith-led Seahawks, more excuses from Urban Meyer, a failed onside kick returned for an insult touchdown. What a smackdown. Just physically, emotionally drained. I feel like I had the wind kicked out of me. I'm sure our hosts feel the same way, so let's hear it from them. Uh, Sean, why don't you go first this time? What was that? Taylor, I think you're being a little too hard on yourself. I think you were correct when you said that a new streak was going to begin. I just don't think you knew that it was going to be in our pants in the version of a brown one. A big brown streak leaking out of the Jaguars' proverbial anus on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. We still haven't won on American soil, uh, so that streak's still alive. The Jaguars, this is the second game out of the year that they didn't get off the bus, right? I think week one, Houston, that was the only time that I felt like this team didn't get off the bus. And this is happening again, off a of bye week. That's what's damning. That's what's damning about this. They had a whole bye week. They had extra time to prepare. Seattle was coming off a short week. Didn't they play Monday night? We had a bye week. And the Jaguars just looked completely and utterly unprepared, disinterested on the offensive side of the ball. Like that morning, the Jaguars had cheeries for breakfast because there were no, was no O to be found. It was that bad. Like the defense, 
they didn't play amazing, but I saw at least good plays out of the defense. I saw the defensive line, like Josh Allen got two sacks, you know, so Dewan Smook got a sack. Like they were, the defensive line was doing their thing. They only got beat on like three big passing plays. Geno Smith didn't beat them through the air. The defense did enough to win a football game like that. That return touchdown made it 31. But if you're if you're an NFL team, you have to expect you're going to need to score more than 24 points to win a football game. Like that's what's going to have to happen. If the Jaguars defense holds the opponent to 24 points, I feel like the offense needs to be able to score 25. Like that, I feel like that is a fair statement to make. And the offense just did not show up at all. The defense didn't play great, like I said, but they at least put up a fight where the offense looked completely disjointed, unprepared. The only time they threw the ball over 20 yards in the air, I think, was on the interception uh, where Tavon Austin didn't flatten his route out. And that seemed like the play that just really put the game on its head. When Trevor threw that interception when he was trying to find Tavon Austin, the game just woo spiraled after that. That's what happens. The Seahawks didn't beat us down. The The score was the score, but the Seahawks didn't play great football. They played clean football. That's all they had to do. They went out there and played a clean football game, and the Jaguars did not. They're going forward on fourth and three again, middle of the field. They're, you know, I just we don't have a coach, man. I'm going to come out and say it. We do not have a coach. Urban Meyer hasn't figured out how to coach in this league yet, and it is very, very evident. He didn't coach us to victory against the Dolphins in London. He got bailed out by Matthew Wright twice after making questionable decisions. Okay, and then we come back and we go to Seattle and we get out coached, out schemed, and outplayed. All all three facets done. It's over. Penalties out the ass. Like so many penalties. It looked like week one all over again. Like this game looked just like the Texans game to me. It, it, but if Tyrod Taylor was out there, not Geno Smith, it would have been even worse. <laughs> A Geno, he, he did just enough. Like all he did was throw it up to DK Metcalf in the red zone. The Jaguars had three plays in the red zone the whole game, and they came with two minutes left in the entire game. Two minutes left in the fourth quarter was the first time we touched the red zone. It was embarrassing. It, off a bye week. I'm I'm just sick of it. And and Urban Meyer can't coach his way out of a paper bag on that sideline. I can't I, I figured the the evident thing is you're down 24 points. You score the touchdown. If you go for two, you make it a, a two-possession game. All right, but no, the Jaguars said, no, we're just going to kick the extra point. We got our asses beat today. Let's go home. You kick the extra point, and you're still down three scores, and you kick the onside kick with two minutes left? What the fuck kind of bullshit-ass dumb fucking decision is that? How is that a good decision at all? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't track. He he doesn't have logic. I don't get it, Urban. Let me. I want to believe in you so hard, but you're making it hard. You're making it very hard to believe in you. I'm sorry. I had to get those demons out. I apologize, Pat. I apologize, listeners. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel exercise now. I'm gonna eat a sandwich. So uh, I'm gonna let Pat take over now. Sorry about that. No, uh, you're absolutely right. It's two contradicting idea sets, right? You, if you're going for, if you want to go balls to the wall with two minutes left in the game, down by two scores or three scores at the time, you you go for the two points and then you go for the onside, right? That's that's how those two things work. You don't go for one and not the other because then it doesn't make sense in the, in in the head in the scheme of things. So. You go for the extra point, you kick the onside field goal, which inevitably leads to a, a two-bounce roll pickup by 
whoever that clown was and and ran it in for another you know smack in your mouth touchdown just to make sure you understand that you've been playing little boy football all day long and want to make sure that's known okay and i gotta disagree with you you got smacked this game regardless that it wasn't in high fashion or top rope offense or or anything you know uh mind-blowing you got smacked this game. You were getting beat 24 to nothing. It's just hard to say we got smacked when we you outgained were get, them. Outgained, pa- sure, because you, you, had, you kept streaking down the field in the last quarter and a half i mean they, they gave up after when you're when you're up 24 nothing there's a mental sense of you know comfort when they have have basically forced their will on you all game long when geno's 20 for 24 for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns they're not too concerned about what you're going to do with half a quarter left or, or a whole quarter left. They're not too worried about it because your ground game never took off because James Robinson got hurt early. Hopefully he recovers quickly because, again, that's one of two pieces of this offense that actually works. Hopefully he recovers quickly. James Robinson, your, your go-to weapon in this game that should have been your go-to weapon in this game gets hurt early. You get no ground game. With no ground game, you get no passing game. And Trevor ends up throwing it for 50-plus times to receivers that basically would, would serve better with nubs at, at the end of their arms. Okay? No hands. Nothing. You couldn't put stick them on those fucking gloves, and those guys still couldn't catch the fucking ball. It's a clown effort on offense. It is an absolute clown effort on offense, and I don't even want to get started on the defense. There are nine players on this defense that wouldn't play a snap in the NFL on any other team. Not meaningful starting minutes. (laughs) It it really just irritates me. It irritates me on on two different levels. And you mentioned it. With Urban Meyer, I I don't know why he he sees the drop-off in talent. I I don't see that. He's still thinking with college statistics. He's still thinking with college uh, analytics. He's still thinking with that college mindset. And I don't know who's going to have to do it. But I don't think he's thinking at all. I mean, someone's got to tap him on the shoulder and make him understand this team sucks. (laughs) I hate to tell you, buddy, but this team sucks. Your defense sucks. Tyson Campbell isn't worth a, a lick of cow shit. Uh, you, your defensive line is basically the only unit on defense that works. Everyone else needs to get cut tomorrow. I would I would have brought on fans on this field. Tyler Lockett had a fucking day. Yeah. Tyson Campbell, an absolute liability on this field. I'm pretty sure Andre Cisco doesn't even exist. I don't. I. I. You. I will refuse to believe he is on this team. I refuse to believe he even exists until I am told otherwise. Okay. Until I am told otherwise. Are you saying Cisco's dead? You drafted nobody. You drafted nobody. There was nobody in that slot. He doesn't exist. He was never drafted. He never got on a plane. You are playing with 52 men on this roster until I see otherwise. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason for it. I can't get any reason for it. Urban's been asked five, six times, what's wrong with Cisco? When will he be back? And it's the same dog shit answer every fucking time. Oh, Andrew Wingard. He's just, he's making the plays, man. He's calling the shots. He's... Urban must drop so much acid before a game because he sees a completely fucking different game than I see every every week. Every week on Monday, I listen to him talk and I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, what the fuck were you watching, man? Did you did you watch a snap of football this week? They asked him about the penalties on Monday and he spent five minutes talking about 
defensive players and what they did on the field and how how good of a game they had but he never answered the question about penalties other than to the end he finally threw in a little jab and says oh yeah man can't make those mistakes don't like them can't can't have them yeah you're still getting 12 men on the field back to back is this is this fucking mic on you're still getting 12 men on the field back to back in a professional nfl football game and I am supposed to feel comfortable with you at the helm when you can't even orchestrate a simple offensive drive without getting 12 men on the field. You managed to get just under 100 yards in penalties for the game. I don't care what game you play. I there, there's got to be a stat for it. Anyone that knocks on the door for 100 yards in penalties, I, I'm sure there's maybe two wins in the history of the NFL. There is absolutely no... You're going backwards. You're right. You're never going to win. You're never going to win with that many penalties. You're never going to win. I'll be it. Listen, some of them were bullshit calls, okay? Some of the hits on the quarterback, I think it was in the second quarter. Some of them were pretty ticky-tacky calls. I get that. I understand it. But regardless, even with those ticky-tacky calls, you don't get beat the way you did without showing me one of two things. You either didn't practice at all. During this bye week, you didn't practice at all. In this upcoming week, you didn't practice assignment. Because even when James Robinson goes down, this Seahawks defense was bad. It was a bad, bad defense. This should have been a get-right game for you. This offense is equally as bad. Geno was getting sacked on average five times a game. And you didn't come up to that aspect either. So there were there's many things that didn't work the way they should have worked, nor did they even look like they had signs. Mm-hmm. Of working, like there wasn't even any like glimmer that this is what you were trying. The, you guys abandoned everything and just kind of went with this side walls. I, I I don't know what type of football you were playing this week, but it wasn't good football. And like I said, a bad team won this week, and you made a bad quarterback look really really good this week when he had no business looking that good. Uh, absolute create a career day for Geno, and I I it's getting to the point where I. I'm basically saying the same shit every week, right? I I just, I'm so displeased and so just, I I don't even have the word for it. I'm speechless. I'm literally speechless. The best thing to take away from it, dude, is you look at that Seahawks brand of football that they brought out there. That's how we want to win, right? That's that's exactly what we want to do. That's the football team we want to be. We want to be the I team. I don't care that's if not... you trotted out a high school scheme of football, Sean. As long as it wins, I don't care yeah, at this but point. The, you if, just... if I gotta have Lavisca play quarterback half the game and and Trevor Lawrence play safety, I don't give a fuck what scheme you run. <laughs> if that's gonna win you a football game, I'll run that scheme every fucking time. I, I just, don't care. I go all the way back to August, bro. I go all the way back to August with the the personnel decisions because look at the way that Seattle beat you, right? Look, you had uh, the big the big roster decision was Tavon Austin over Colin Johnson, right? And Tavon Austin didn't run the right route, and Trevor threw an interception. And then how did Seattle take advantage of you in the red zone? They used DK Metcalf's size. I mean, all DK Metcalf did was be bigger than Shaq Griffin. And that's what Colin Johnson would have been able to provide you. Maybe maybe the Jaguars wouldn't be struggling so hard in the red zone if they had a 6'5", 6'6", wide receiver they could just throw the ball up to. They could go make a play. Huh? Maybe that would that'd be nice. So I just think in one football game, it showed you the bad roster decisions that were made by the coaching staff. 
in August that has now put this team in a position to really, really find it hard to move the sticks and to be efficient in the red zone. Even though they did, they they, they figured it out. How do they be more efficient in the red zone? You don't get there until garbage time when the other team stops playing, and then you just score in the red zone. They were one for one on red zone trips this game. Right. Woohoo! They figured it out. Yeah, I've, I saw that movie. I watched that movie for almost, you know, three years now. I've, I've watched that movie. I know how it works. Blake Bortles? Yes, absolutely. Blake Bortles made a career. He earned a second contract yeah. off of garbage time drives. Alan Hearns. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's just how it is. But it's not just Colin Johnson, though, Sean. It's not. It's it's the entire 53. Yeah. Like, there's bad decisions throughout this fucking team. And listen, I understand uh, there has to be... A side brain. There has to be a devil's advocate to this, to where you can only put so much on Urban. You got to keep in mind he inherited a one and fifteen team. He inherited very lackluster talent team with with the draft picks. Fine, so be it. But you have to start making the changes eventually. There has to be some kind of. You have almost thirty something million in in cap space that's just collecting dust. That has been collecting dust since free agency. It's just sitting there, and you get no no incentive, no bonus, no nothing at the end of the year if you have the $30 million. You learn nothing other than stowing it away for maybe a, a, another contract that you plan on putting together. But I'll be honest with you, man. I don't see much talent on this team that I would re-sign. You know, I'm, I'm not re-signing DJ Chark, and I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, but I'm not re-signing DJ Chark. I, I don't like any of the receivers on this team. There's, there's nobody making any kind of case that they deserve any kind of playtime. Trevor Lawrence has two problems. He has an offensive line that can't block longer than a three-step drop. And if that first read isn't open on that three-step drop, guess what? Mm. Either he's taking the sack yep. or it's time to run. He's got to throw it away. And that's it. That's all you got. I've seen. I saw more offensive linemen's backs, and they only gave up one sack than I've seen all year. They only gave up one sack. It, that's what. But everybody that's in says. spite. That's in spite of the offensive line. Yeah. Okay, that's because of Trevor Lawrence being mobile and moving out of the pocket and running for his fucking life. A lot of a lot of Blaine Gabber vibes. I saw Sunday. Happy feet. A lot of Blaine Gabber vibes. The only difference is Trevor Lawrence can run five yards, place his feet, and then launch a ball 20, 30 yards down the field in in double coverage. Okay, and place it perfectly in the receiver's hands, right in his fucking face mask, and they still find a way to drop it. That's that's what I'm taking away from it. This receiving core is is not good. Lavisca Chenault underperforming tremendously. And again, I don't know if that's scheme. I don't know if that was just oversell hype on the draft and we're just, he just hasn't delivered. I lean more towards scheme because I don't think we're using him appropriately, i.e. Colin Johnson. It's it's a bad, bad place to be for Trevor Lawrence right now. Your offensive line is trash. Your receivers are not catching the ball. It's not a matter of him placing the ball because he places some beautiful balls, man beautiful passes he in in spite of the offensive line he places some beautiful passes but if you can't catch the ball if you're not doing the simple mechanics of just catching the ball as a billion dollar organization what are we really doing here between penalties and just basic football what are we doing you know all right it's it's absolutely astounding to me well so on offense it looked like the most success we had were with rpos right 
with uh, you had Trevor Lawrence. He fake it to the running back, and then he'd bring the defender in with his legs, and then he'd just throw these little loop, these little whoop passes yeah. over the defender to Dan Arnold. Right. All right, and that's those were the first downs that they got were on that action. Yeah. And also the the two minute drive at the end of the game. What did they do? No huddle. They scored their only points on no huddle. And then you see the Jaguars, who have a collegiate head coach that ran no huddle and the spread offense in college, now huddling up every time and trying to run a pro-style offense. It's just a, a collision of scheme, identity. You know, it's it, it's just, it's it doesn't mesh. It doesn't look good. I want to see more spread them out, more no huddle moving forward, but I don't trust this regime to figure out what these players need. I don't trust this regime of headsets and collared shirts to figure out how to put players in position to succeed. I'm really worried about it, man. This is like this is something that they actually did. This is something the Jacksonville Jaguars front office did this year. There were two tight ends available in free agency, right? They signed one and they let the other one go to Carolina. The one they did sign, they don't use. And then they trade a draft pick for the one they could have signed in Carolina and then use him while the guy that you paid from free agency doesn't do anything. Like, that is what the Jaguars did. They had a chance to sign Dan Arnold. They didn't. They let Carolina sign him. They signed Chris Manhurts. They traded for Dan Arnold. And now they're using Dan Arnold, and the guy that they paid, Chris Manhurts, isn't seeing Diddley squat. They can't figure out what they want. This team just, they need, they got to figure themselves out. We have to have a direction. I'm down with losing as long as we're moving in a direction towards something. And right now I feel like we are coached and run by a bunch of people on a sideline that have no idea what the fuck that they want out of this team. Like, what do you want to be? I don't get it. Figure it out, man. Yeah, no, I mean, the tight end situation was was pitiful to begin with. I mean, you you leave the initial free agency during the offseason with candidates like Hunter Henry and um, Jonu Smith, right? Both potential guys that you could have signed at the tight end position. Even Zach Ertz was being trotted around, and you didn't do any of that movement. Patriots ended up sweeping both those guys. Ertz ended up staying, would have inevitably end up in the Cardinals. But you you make no play at tight end. You you get Dan Arnold with, with C.J. Henderson in a pick. I honestly... I think you're winning that trade so far. C.J. Henderson has been an absolute ghost on that other team. They ended up bringing in Gilmore because of how bad I think he performed. So Dan Arnold comes in, and you're right. That last drive where they're getting in scoring uh, range and then the inevitable score was all functioned through Dan Arnold, and it was very simple stuff. I mean, the RPOs don't really matter at that point because you're not really running the ball. I mean, I think you combined under 20 carries between Carlos Hyde and whatever James Robinson had on the table, but uh, the run game wasn't there. It was non-existent. So an RPO doesn't mean jack shit in the third, fourth quarter when they know you're not running the ball anymore and you're down 24 points. It doesn't matter. They know that you're passing that ball. It, those little out routes, you know, where, where Dan Arnold basically, like you said, a little whoop, you know, it's just a quick out route uh, to the sideline. It, it, it hit every time. There was no flats coverage. And Dan Arnold basically had to make three, four yards per catch to move the chains down the field. And that's basically all your offense was. You, you were pushing it through Dan Arnold to, to move down the field. Again, like I said, if Dan Arnold is the function point of your, of your receiving core, that's not a good receiving core. That's not a good set of receivers you got. 
You bring in Marvin Jones to be some kind of vet presence on this team to help with the the, the bevel scheme of offense. It's been lackluster. You have Agnew, who, who came in on as a specialist, uh, I think who has been more impactful on offense than any of the receivers we've had. Like you said, though, there is a problem with what you want to do with this franchise, and no one seems to have an answer. Urban seems to be very quiet mouse, uh, doesn't speak much, doesn't want to make a move, which is kind of funny with him because I, that's not the attitude I get with Urban Meyer. I feel Urban Meyer is very uh, rambunctious. It would be very uh, heard, if you will, in, in the locker room and in, in the coaching room. I feel like his word, he would push this team in the direction that he would want the team to be in. He wouldn't sit back and allow someone else to make that call. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the attitude I feel. It seems like he's out to lunch. Like he's just not right. even constantly, interested. Constantly. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know. Uh, they asked him if he's going to make any moves at the, at the trade deadline. And he says, we're listening. You know, we're waiting. It's it's a very standoffish approach to, to an NFL league that is just bang, 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 bang. Early bird gets the worm. If you're not working between Monday and Saturday, you're losing as a head coach. If you're not constantly working outside of the game on Sunday, you're going to be losing because there's 29, 30 other guys that are picking up phones and making moves when you're out to lunch, just like you said, when you're out to lunch and everyone else is making yeah. moves. You got to do something, man. This team is not going to work. And you know that. And if you can't assess the talent on this team, if you can't look around and understand you're not in college anymore, you're you're playing with the best athletes in the world right now. And if you can't assess talent to that level, if you can't look around and understand you're in a shit box situation and it's time to get rid of the shit, if you can't figure that out and you can't figure that out by draft time, this is going to be a vicious cycle of constantly pumping out talent that we've acquired like Miles Jack, like Josh Allen, and inevitably Trevor Lawrence, and, and pumping it into the league like you have been doing. Okay, You've been sending good talent elsewhere in exchange for picks and then taking those picks to basically acquire shit talent. And then you're just going to keep running that vicious cycle and the Jaguars will never amount to anything. You're just going to constantly go back and forth with the same shit we've been doing for the last couple of years. And it's inevitable. If you don't make a move, you don't change the mentality of, of, the, of Urban and you don't figure it out. This was this was an opportunity to win a ball game that, you, that you're probably not going to see more than maybe two or three times left in this year. And, and you, you, you just spit it away. You, you didn't make it count. You just let it go. You got complacent like I was afraid you were going to get with that big win in London. And you came over here and thought your your nine-inch dick was going to drag across the dirt and be somebody today. And you got smacked by Seattle, who had a career day in every single asset of the game. And it's only going to go up from here. Oh, hey, uh, guys, guys. Our facts and stats man has something that he'd like to share. Dev, you got the mic, man. Oh, let's hear it, Dev. Well, I'm the, the facts and stats guy. You know, you, got, you guys are the talking heads, but I'm the I'm the guy behind the curtain usually. I just wanted to say something here. If you forget about the score for a second, you just look at the game, look at strictly at the stats. We had three more first downs. We had three more minutes of possession. We had 80 more yards. We only had one turnover. If you were someone just looking at the stats of this game and not the score, you think, this team might have won this game. That's what or I was telling Pat. at least was in it in the fourth quarter, you know? Yeah. But then you look at the score and you're like, oh, God. What happened? Uh, it's like I was telling Pat, man, the Seahawks didn't beat us. We beat ourselves. 
We, the, all they did was play clean. The only big stat that really matters out of those is the turnovers, man. They did not turn the ball over because what you know what goes with turnovers? Momentum. Uncle Mo. You know what I mean? The Jaguars never had any momentum. They could never get anything going. Uncle Mo was wearing uh, neon green, ugly ass neon green, by the way, neon green the whole day. So that that that's what I think. And like Pat said, they quit. So I mean, yeah, you know. it's a fair assessment. Sure, outside looking in, that's cool. But if you're watching the game, I mean, again, if I go back into 2016, 2017, I can showcase Blake Bortles of being a top five talent of the NFL. Garbage time king. Yeah, I can give you I can give you plenty of stats on Blake Bortles. But when did those yards come in? When did those first downs come in? Because I promise you, a good chunk of those came in the in the in the third with about five minutes left, and the rest of the fourth quarter, and that was it. You know, that's that's where those yards came from. There was plenty of three and outs. I don't know how many three and outs we had this game, but there were plenty of three and outs, plenty of times because you only got in the red zone one time. Yeah, the very end of the game. It, exactly, and that's when you scored. Okay, you. I was actually having a conversation with a buddy of mine. They showed up a stat. Of the last shutout in Jaguars history, do do you know the year when the Jaguars were shut out the last time, Sean? Oh man, uh, wasn't it the Titans? What year do you think? Oh man, two thousand and fifteen, two thousand and nine, Sean. Can you believe that? Can you believe that we've had a decade of Jaguar football, decade plus of Jaguar football, and they weren't shut out? ever in that decade that was a mind-blowing stat to me because i've watched garbage football we were joking that it wasn't last year when we went one in 15 that we didn't get shut out once last year 2009 was the last time we were shut out and i don't know if that's that's something that's that should be proud to be or that i'm actually i'm genuinely i am genuinely shocked we went to the playoffs that year i'm pretty sure i think that was the david garrard uh, beats pittsburgh in uh in pittsburgh year oh nine with maurice jones drew uh, you got the Dave Garrard part right, but I don't, I don't know how that season ended. I don't know. Devin, find out when, when did uh, when did Jacksonville beat Pittsburgh in the AFC Divisional, or AFC Wildcard, excuse me, and then got absolutely destroyed by fucking Tom Brady and the Patriots the week after. First of all, the shutout was also against Seattle. We lost 41 nothing. <laughs> um, that playoff game you were talking about was in the 2007 season. It was in January of 08 where we beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Damn it. Damn it. So, yeah, we got shut out the year after that. Damn it. Okay. Fuck. Right, well, anyways, at some point during the game, they showed a, on the broadcast, they showed a stat that said Tyler Lockett, 105 yards. Jacksonville Jaguars, 106. So, like, we were at one point, Tyler Lockett only had one less yard than the Jacksonville Jaguars as an entire offense. That was damning. So that tells you how that was the right game plan going into it. They had Tyler Lock in the middle of the field. He ate up the middle of the field. And whenever they got close, you just throw it up to DK Metcalf. They couldn't run the ball. The Jaguars' run defense has been fucking stout all year, man. The the run defense, Hambone, Gotsis, Smoot, they are plugging those A gaps, man. A and B gap, you're not coming through there. They shut down that run game. And they forced Geno Smith to beat him. And Geno Smith fucking beat him. Because the secondary is Swiss cheese. You got nobody that could cover Tyler Lockett. You got nobody that can cover DK Metcalf. When you put those two things together, those guys combine for over 200 yards, and they win the football game. That's just the way it goes. 
And it's the way it's going to go until we improve. We just have to improve. And, you know, a few episodes ago, I told you I'm breaking this season up into two halves. Okay, this first half, it, we're one week away from the first half being over. Next week ends the first half of the season, and, and we're turning a new leaf. We're going to be a new football team, baby. You, you, everybody, you gear up for the second half because we start 0-0 week 11. Our record is 0-0. We have to approach the season that way or else you're going to get depressed. We got we got the Buffalo Bills next. That's gonna be a joke. Yeah, no one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. They will circle the wagons over our skulls, our dead bodies, our hopes and dreams, everything. It's gonna be bad. The Buffalo Bills are a good football team, and they just had a wake up call against the Dolphins. Uh, they're not gonna come out flat against us like they did against the Dolphins. Absolutely not. And that and they're gonna travel like a like that playoff game a couple years ago. Oh yeah, man, it's, it's ugly. I hate that. They're gonna travel hard. It's gonna be loud. That stadium is gonna be blue as shit. Yeah, it's gonna be annoying as fuck. All the snowbirds. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're and they are. If you thought last week was bad, this week is going to be dreadful. Like you yeah, said, the only thing. A, the, the Bills can't run it, and they don't want to run it. They don't want to run it. They just want to throw it. And the Jaguars can defend the run, and they can't defend the pass. So you put those two things together. Josh Allen, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Yep. Book it. Book it. I mean, the playbook's easy, man. I, you don't have to look far in film to see that our secondary is absolute cheeks. Okay? It is bad. It is bad, bad, bad. And listen, if, if if I know any better, I know that Urban Zero Adjustments Meyer is going to trot out that same fucking defense, pitter-patter defense, uh, this upcoming week. And Josh Allen is going to have a fucking field day. Stefan Diggs is going to eat us alive. Uh, who's playing tight end at, at Buffalo right now? They had Dawson Knox. I don't know who. Dawson Knox, he got knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Pardon the pun. Uh, Tommy Sweeney. Tommy Sweeney's Tommy gonna have Sweeney a good fucking it. night. But who's gonna cover Stefan Diggs, bro? Who 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 are we putting out you there? You put Griffin out there. That's your best shot, man. I, for what it's worth, <laughs> that's your best shot. Okay. I mean, he's not gonna that's get a half your- court shot, buddy. <laughs> that's a that's a Dukes. That's a homegrown Dukes and semi pro shot right there. It's uh I'm yeah. You. It's, it's going to be a bad game, man. It's going to be a bad, bad game. And they're, they're going to beat the bricks off of us. And you know what? The funny part is, is going into it, we might even have it reversed. They might end up coming out. The Jaguars are going to play this game close. They're going to lose by field goal at the end or some bullshit. And, and then next week, we're going to look at ourselves and be like, what the fuck's going on? We're in this we're in this fucking <laughs> endless circle of, of up, down, left, right. We don't know which direction we're going in. But I'm... Listen, if you played as bad as you did against Seattle, and I, I know it was West Coast and blah, 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 cry me a river. You, you it was a bye week. It was off and, a bye week. You don't have any excuses. Yeah, yeah, there was no excuse. You played like dog shit. You look like dog shit. And if it quacks like a duck, it's probably a fucking duck, all right? And we, we look like a bunch of fucking ducks. And this week, we're going to look like some disabled ducks. It's not going to be pretty against Buffalo Bills. Like I said, Josh Allen's going to have his way. He's mobile. He can move. He can extend plays. He can score. I think he's he's having a hell of a year, too. I think he's only got like two picks, two or three picks this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been accurate. Stefan Diggs, an absolute unit. Uh, he's going to be his go-to. Uh, we've always had tight end problems in the past. 
Sweeney's going to probably have the career day for him, get him a couple hundred yards and a tutty. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll wrap it up real nice and tight for us. And, and, uh, like I said, if you're going to the game, of course I'll be going because I'm a, I'm a man, I'm a glutton of misery. I enjoy getting smacked around and tied (laughs) up and being told that there's no chance. There's nothing coming. No one's, no one's coming to help you just, just sit and take it. No help's coming. And uh, yeah, I I, ex- I expect to live out that experience yet again on Sunday. Section two two nine, a drunk as shit. Hashtag Duval hot bondage takes. I'm yeah. into it. Hey, I don't yep. shame, dude. I don't Jaguars no, 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 no. kink 2021. shame. No, no, no. Twenty We don't kink shame. Yeah, no. Jaguars shame. are just your kink. That's all it is. It's just like That's yeah. It. Oh, ruin Trevor's development. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Go out there and ruin the number one pick. Oh fuck I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to if they get 13 men on the field. I'm gonna have to bring a change of pants. <laughs> oh god, it's so good. Unrequited penalties. Oh, <laughs> throw that yellow flag down my fucking throat, ref. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a stellar take by take of me on Sunday. That's yeah, uh, it's it's yeah, well just, done. That's you get well gagged, done. You get gagged with yellow flags. <laughs> with yellow flags, absolutely. On yellow right. bed sheets. Yellow ga- throw the yellow gag. All right, I'm sorry. Right, um so score prediction. Uh Buffalo a lot, Jaguars a little. The Buffalo Bills have a really good defense too. Like they're this is a Super Bowl team. They hit on the quarterback and they developed him the right way yep. by getting him an offensive coordinator and Brian Dable, who's gonna be a head coach next year, uh, that is inventive and puts him in places to succeed. He puts him in areas that highlight his attributes that doesn't slow him down. They run spread, they're always no huddling. They only, you know, they, they it's just their offense is so great. Just you want to you want to see a Super Bowl team? We're going to see one on Sunday. You get to watch the Buffalo Bills, look at them, uh, take that next step, okay? And just enjoy watching the Buffalo Bills. Don't watch the Jaguars. <laughs> if you can just cut out half of your TV and you just watch the Buffalo Bills and like their style of football, that's a good style of football to watch. Don't watch this uh, bunch of guys swimming around in a sandbox trying to figure out if that's a cat shit or a toy. Okay, because that's what the Jaguars offense looks like to me. Is that cat shit or a toy? I don't know. Why are we in a sandbox? I don't know. Let's get out of here. Like, that's what's going on on the Jacksonville Jaguars sideline. And uh, let's not watch that. Yeah, so it's going to be 42-13 uh, Bills. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take a similar approach to the, what Seattle did uh, last week. I'm going to have a 34-14. Um I think it's just it's just going to be over by by third quarter yet again. You know we're going to trot out there. Well, you know we might have a touchdown by then. We probably won't, and the garbage time stuff will ensue. And uh, yeah, it's it's you, you, the uh, vast amount of talent between this week against Buffalo and the team you faced last week in Seattle is at least two two classes between. It's it's not even close. And you're you're in for a world of hurt, and that's if that's if you even have James Robinson uh, able to play this week. I'm I'm wishing, um, I'm wishing the best for him. Speedy recovery again. Probably the only thing on this offense that I would keep, and that's offensive line included, that's receivers included. I would wash the entire unit out this offseason. I don't care if it kills me. I would wash it all out, and I would keep James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, and try again next year. 
but uh, with that being said, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be a burial. It's going to be a rout. But it's going to it. this is going to be be the turning page, buddy. It's the end of the first half of the season. Second half's going to be a lot better. Here we go. All right. So stay with us. <laughs> Duval hot takes. You stay with <laughs> you us. Keep, you keep you keep saying that like the book's going to end. Yes. Little do you know that there's like. There's DLC coming out after this book's done. Yeah. And let me tell you, bud, it's not it's not any better. They're they're doing the same thing. No. Same thing. No, they, it's gonna get it's, better. It's, it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. Yeah. <laughs> I say this from my uh my jacket that doesn't have any sleeves that also has hooks. And I'm in a very soft and spongy room, and I'm pretty sure that I just see Elvis. So, but it's gonna get better. It's yeah. gonna get better. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it has to get better. It, it has to, right, Taylor? <laughs> what are you What are you looking at me for, Taylor? It has to get better, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing for you, man. Guys, I think Sean's broken. Taylor, does Taylor even exist anymore? I don't know. The Jaguars have beaten me into submission. I am I'm slowly losing my mind. I just need to see something better out there, and let's hope. Hopefully, we see it. But I'm not even going to watch it this week. I'm not watching that Bills game. You think I'm joking? I'd rather stare at the wall. Look at this nice wall I got here. That's that's not letting me down. Yikes, ladies and gentlemen, Sean has officially left us. I think you can hear it in his voice. This past week's performance has killed him on the inside. Not even excited about this upcoming Bills game. Let's hope he's right. And we can get a better reset after this week since apparently a whole bye week wasn't enough. Hey, thanks everyone for listening to the Duval Hot Takes podcast. I'm Taylor Smith, moderator. Sean Daly, host. Pat Smith, uh, co-host. Devin May, facts and stats. Back home again against the Buffalo Bills this Sunday the 7th, 1 p.m. kickoff. We'll see you there. Before then, be sure to check us out on Twitter, at Duval Hot Takes, reacting to live Jags updates. We'll be keeping an eye on James Robinson. Hope he recovers quickly. Share your takes with us. Let us know if you're feeling any better about this game than we are. And, of course, watch out for Pat's hungover recaps the following Monday. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of Duval Hot Takes. Peace.